welcome back to The Drip, the podcast where four academics of color sit around and discuss great books. Each episode will feature a free-flowing conversation about one book that leads us to a broader conversation about race, culture, and politics. All the things that keep us gabbing when we're hanging out. And right now, we're hanging out at Todd's place. So thank you, Todd, Lucia, and of course, Bash, our mascot, for hosting us. Thank you. Yay. You're and just <laughs> And just FYI, we are in Todd's living room with the doors and windows open. So if you hear some car noises and people walking by, just that's what it is. People walk by and rap to themselves out loud. <laughs> that sounds awesome. one of my awesome. favorite things about living on the street. So you may hear a, like a dope-ass song. Which is perfect. Oh, you love it. All yeah. right, I'm Anita Chikatur, the host for the show, and I teach in the Department of Educational Studies at Carleton College. I am Adriana Asto. I teach English and American Studies at Carleton College. And I'm Crystal Moten, and this introduction is weird. Ah! I'm soon to be a curator of African American history at the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. Yes. I'm Todd Lawrence. I teach African American literature and culture, cultural studies folklore and I don't remember if I teach anything else in the English department <laughs> at the University of St. Thomas and I think last time we said like uh we said that Crystal wasn't going to be here this time but Crystal's oh, actually right. here she's actually here yeah. this yeah. is actually the last time yes. that she's going to be here for <laughs> don't a while say it. don't yeah. say yeah. it's true but we have her here in Casa right now yes. with us and thank so, you for coming back Crystal to hang out with us one, another time mm-hmm. all right and we're really excited because in this episode we're going to be discussing Claudia Rankine's new play The White Card Rankine is a Jamaican American poet and writer she's the author of five collections of poetry including the one I'm guessing many of you might know about, which is Citizen, an American Lyric, which received the 2016 Rebecca Johnson Bobbitt Book Prize for Poetry, the 2015 Forward Prize for Poetry, and the 2014 National Book Critics Circle Award in Poetry. Rankine is also part of a collective of artists who've started this thing called the Racial Imaginary Institute, which they describe in this way, or the purpose in this way. They say, we're committed to the activation of interdisciplinary work and a democratized exploration of race in our lives. And before we get started, spoiler alert, uh, just a reminder that when we discuss our books, we talk about everything. And as you may know, we do call ourselves the All Spoilers Collective. And so consider this your perpetual, universal, all-encompassing spoiler alert. In other words, we're all about spoilers and not about summaries. No summaries. So we're not going to summarize it, but I do want to start us off by asking us to talk a little bit about the title of the play, The White Card, playing off, I think, right, the notion of the race card that people of color are accused of playing whenever they dare to bring up the idea that race and racism might just be playing a part in a situation. So I'm just curious about why you think she called it the white card and yeah. Go ahead. You want to start us oh, off? Oh, do I want to start? <laughs> <laughs> you look, you look like a Todd. to say, Todd. I, was, no, I, was, I don't have anything to say besides it's, you know, the perfectly obvious, which is what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I suppose like in this, in this piece, as in, uh, life, like our <laughs> general experience, is that um, people of color are accused of, you know, referring to race, talking about race, uh, you know, playing the race card in that way, and white people are, are see themselves as never talking about race, right? Mm-hmm. When, when really whiteness is almost always mm-hmm. um, a prominent issue in any of these conversations, right? And so mm-hmm. the idea that I'm just talking about nothing, and you're the one who's bringing race up is is um, problematic and I think so the title is sort of ironic in that way and that mm-hmm. it sort of references that this book is all about whiteness and the fact that these characters 
don't seem to understand (laughs) that it's about whiteness. All the things, I mean, that happen even in the first, you know, few, first part of the first scene Mm -hmm. um, that Mm -hmm. they seem to be completely uh, oblivious about, right? right? When they're preparing Mm -hmm. for Charlotte to come over, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and they see themselves as these kind of, uh, Charles in particular sees himself as this sort of social justice kind of warrior. And I don't know if he would call himself that, maybe he call his son that. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of derogatory term, I guess. But he's, like, working for, right. you know, people of color and trying right. to help them and all this right. kind of stuff, right? Anyway, so yeah. that went from not seeming like it was going to be a long answer <laughs> to an extremely long answer. Mm-hmm. Which I uh, co-sign and also think of when kind of thinking about this title, that that whiteness is always around but never discussed. Always be always in play, mm-hmm. but never, mm-hmm. um, never recognized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in some way, like I, what I like about the title is that it both refuses the idea of the race card, right, as being the legitimate kind of label for mm-hmm. these interactions and these mm-hmm. ways of of being in the world and mm-hmm. seeing in the world, and it kind of slaps it on the whole history here, Mm -hmm. right, and interactions. And it says, actually, there are all these moments where um, this family is playing the white card, even as they Mm -hmm. don't really recognize it as such. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Yeah, and I feel like, you know, I think it's called the race card, and I said the race card, but when I first brought this up while we were talking about it, a couple of you said the black card, which I think is also interesting, right? So I think a lot of the times race becomes about people of color, Mm -hmm. right, rather than about, like, Mm -hmm. race, which is Mm -hmm. about all of us. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. that, too, is, like, kind of interesting. I think, yeah, when anyone accuses someone or, you know, me personally of playing the race (laughs) card, what they're saying is, why are you talking about blackness, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, um, you know, the whole history of, you know, sort of black expression where, Critics have always said, you know, when are black people going to stop writing about black people, you know, and start Mm. writing about human beings, right? As if Mm. black people aren't a part of that human family or their concerns can't be universal, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so so when you talk about your experience or your um, situation as a black person, it's seen as something special as opposed to being just human, universal human experience. And then mm-hmm. the problem with white people and whiteness in general is that they tend to see themselves as neutral, right. neutral identities as opposed to yeah. a kind of identity that is something, which I think that is, is what's going on here, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, what's fascinating, too, about the way that Rankin writes this story is that, um, you know, it's uh, built around a kind of liberal progressive family, right? Mm-hmm. Right. right? Um, and the idea that Charles and Virginia and their son and the son, like, you know, because of the social justice warrior kind of like thing, mm-hmm. right, like is super invested. They're all super invested in correcting the world's wrongs right now for black people. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They are really willing to see black people. And yet they are not willing to actually see whiteness and the way it works in seeing black people in particular ways. Mm -hmm. So like I, you know, I I feel like she um, gets at a dynamic. She talks about it in the preface. And I mean, actually, I really love the preface and the way she talks about Mm -hmm. it Um, because she talks about the reason why she wrote the play is she had someone come up to her after um, she gave her talk on Citizen Mm -hmm. and did this reading. And a guy came up to her, a white man, and basically said, um, wait, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Thank you. I was like looking around for the question. It's on page uh, seven Roman numeral. Um, and, you know, she like talks about this whole history of like how that question is super like 
problematic and the way that it plays into a particular dynamic between whiteness and blackness and a white savior complex. Mm -hmm. And then she says what she responded to the man was, I think the question you should be asking is what you can Mm -hmm. do for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, In which, like, apparently he did not like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so she mentions how, uh, you know, she talked to Lauren Berlant about it, right? She had this conversation with her. And Berlant has this line that she really loved. It's, what does it do to one's attachment mm-hmm. to life to have constantly to navigate atmospheres of white humorlessness? <laughs> and I thought, like, that's such a good frame for the play itself, mm-hmm. right? Like, the way in which it's not just that whiteness is not seen whiteness. Mm-hmm. It's that, like, in the moments when whiteness has a chance to see whiteness, mm-hmm. it it is so humorless about this introspection introspection Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um humorless and still like very unself-aware right Right. so i think i mean so the line i mean the paragraph she has after the roland quote is it occurred to me after this incident that an audience member might read all the relevant books on racism see all the documentaries and films and know the quote-unquote right racist dimension but in the moment of dialogue or confrontation Mm -hmm. retreat into a space of defensiveness anger silence which is to say he might retreat into the comfort of control which begins by putting me back in my imagined place exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and And i think that connects to kind of a point you're making adriana about the family really being concerned and you said with black people but i would say with black death Mm -hmm. and black and the spectacle of black death Mm -hmm. and so kind of connecting to the end of this quote these folks inability um right to see black people outside of this of this of the place of black death right and so that connects to them also responding when someone brings up well you should focus on you and your whiteness in these particular Right. I think it. I think yeah. it too. You know. I mean, I'm thinking a bunch of stuff, and I'm. I'm, actually, I'm super <laughs> glad that we're talking about this book, um, because it does get at so many, uh, so many issues. And I think even you know, you were talking a little bit before about um, criticisms of the book. I think even if people don't like the, and we haven't said. I mean, this is a play, right? right. So this right. is a play, and, mm-hmm. and many people. Did we mention it's a play? Right. I, don't <laughs> I don't know if we did. So it's a play. We're reading a play, but uh, many many people's encounter with it will be uh, performed on stage, right? Yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. there are going to be productions. There's right. going to be a production here in the Twin Cities in the oh. spring. Ooh. Penumbra. Uh, Penumbra's really? doing one. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to encounter it on the stage, and I think it'll it'll have a sort of different life mm. as a performed piece. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know to go back to what Crystal was saying. The, there's this interesting kind of thing where. A, a, where a white person can um, have a relationship with a, a black corpse or a, mm. a representation of a mm-hmm. dead black body right. um, more easily than they could mm. with an actual black person, mm. right? right. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. I mean, we can, so the, the you know, central character, uh, central two characters, so Charles, Charles. the white man mm-hmm. in his 60s, who is an art collector. Mm-hmm. And I think that metaphorically is getting at exactly what you're saying, Todd, right? Like he collects... Um, this art, which is also yeah. about collecting uh, figures of black death, right? Mm-hmm. So he's literally doing this thing that mm-hmm. you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, his wife, Virginia, is really uncertain about this collecting. Like, it's not the way she would choose to do this work. Mm-hmm. But, like, she goes along with it. And we see that uneasiness, not because she's critical of him, but because 
blackness is fraught for her, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the son, Alex, who is engaged in black death in a different way, right? Like he's joined Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. He's in some ways like super, quote, woke, right? <laughs> he's like, joined an organization about educating white people. Right. right. Yeah. Surge. Yeah. Surge, which Surge. is a real organization. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then we have the artist, Charlotte, um, mm-hmm. right? Like who... Um, you know, is hoping to get her art bought, you know, clearly wants to be a force in the art world. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I interrupted you, nope. but I wondered if I could bring up one quote from Charlotte to like tie into like Please earlier do. stuff we were talking about. So You're the ver- quote person, I'm the, I never quote <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I am fascinated by, like I feel like Charlotte's such a Claudia Rankine stand-in mm-hmm. in many ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a uh, just this kind of like, every time she says something about like how she wants her art to be, mm. right, I'm like, oh, w- what is this kind right. of mm-hmm. theme and metaphor she's getting at? So on page 28, Charlotte, because um, Virginia asks her, is that the ambition you have for yourself, for your work? Charlotte says, ambition? I do want people to experience what black people are feeling, or if that's unreasonable, at the very least, to recognize what it means to live precariously. Mm. And that for me is connected to Claudia Rankin's goal in her preface, which is how do I take people who they read all the stuff and that doesn't make a mark, how do I actually get them to understand the feeling that they've been unable to occupy and actually see that they've been unable to occupy? And feeling is dangerous that way is a critical mm-hmm. tool, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. And then like Virginia in response to that says, what kinds of feelings am I not feeling? Right. Girl, and, all of them. Well, <laughs> I think she's like really trying to understand. Genuinely, right? genuine feeling yeah. is the stage direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> genuine, genuine feeling of not feeling feelings. <laughs> right. So then like Charlotte tries to explain and like you know, Virginia's still like, but what kind of feelings, mm-hmm. right? And she tries to kind of think that like she does, right? So and Charlotte responds, mourning for dead strangers with whom I share only one thing. And Virginia says, I feel terrible for all those mothers who lost their sons. Um, so I think like, I don't know, like I think it is interesting, right? It's like, mm-hmm. how do we gulf this gap mm-hmm. in experience and feeling? And is right. there a way to do that, right? Is there a right. way to mm-hmm. do that? And do we think that that's, is there a way to do that? Do we think that that's actually important in order to end like racist structures? That was and maybe the question. It's not. Yeah, yeah, that was the question I was yeah. gonna that I've been thinking about mm-hmm. is is Virginia's uh, ability to feel does that does that even matter? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have to um, be emotionally affected by black death to know that it shouldn't happen? And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but also the caveat is that you should be emotionally affected. Right, right. <laughs> or, well, can, yeah. And can I add another thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it more important for Virginia to make this shift or for Charles to make the shift? Because I would say, like, one thing the play mm-hmm. does is, like, kind of demonstrate that white masculinity is really different in mm-hmm. um, form and mm-hmm. in force than white femininity. Mm-hmm. And so Virginia is, like, very much this kind of, like, mm-hmm. white feminine, you know, like, uh, feeling, right? The mm-hmm. sentimentality mm-hmm. that is able to kind of like, oh, the poor mothers, right? But without a kind of like understanding of structural right. questions. Do you think, I mean, that makes me think, uh, or want to ask the question, 
I mean, um, sentimentality is often sort of gendered female, right? Like yeah. stereotypically, right? And so Virginia as the female character, the white female character might embody that. But I, I think, you know, the the sort of um, the, the larger or the another critique is of Charles as a sort of sentimental figure as well, right? Yeah. Because if sentimentality, I mean, so it, also in the preface, um, Claudia Rankine references Teju Cole's writing mm-hmm. um, yep, yep. and the White Savior Industrial Complex, mm-hmm. which is a um, essay in uh, the in Known and Strange Things, his collection, mm-hmm. and he talks about that a little bit and, and references that notion of sentimentality. And actually, I want to read. He has this. This is actually a really. Oh, see, you are a quote person. Well, I, I never quote from the main text. I would quote <laughs> from like secondary text. <laughs> So he like so this is uh, after, th- so he's basically talking about that Coney video you know from two thousand and twelve yeah. with the mm-hmm. the warlord and mm-hmm. you got or whatever mm-hmm. and basically after he saw that video he tweeted seven tweets right mm-hmm. and the tweets are basically in response to how people are responding mm-hmm. to the video mm-hmm. um, and he I'll, I'll read just a couple of them to the one that talks about sentimentality so the first one is. From Sachs to Kristoff to Invisible Children to Ted, the fastest growth industry in the U.S. is the white savior industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is, the white savior Mm -hmm. supports brutal policies in the morning, founds Mm -hmm. charities in the afternoon, and Mm -hmm. receives rewards in the evening. Mm -hmm. What was the last part? It um, founds charities in the afternoon and receives awards in the evening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then number three is, the banality of evil transmutes into the banality of sentimentality. Hmm. The world is nothing but a problem to be solved by enthusiasm. Hmm. And then I'll read this uh, fourth one. The world exists, exists simply to satisfy the needs, including, importantly, the sentimental needs of white people and Oprah. Mm-hmm. And, and, Oprah. And, Oprah. and Oprah. And Oprah. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't obscure that, right? Okay. But that, that critique of sentimentality... And I think to me, like sentimentality has its uses. I mean, we um, before the show, we were like, we should talk about sentimentality and the history mm-hmm. of it in American literature and culture. And of course, there is uh, obviously the Uncle Tom's Cabin, probably the most famous sentimental uh, work of literature um, that many people would sort of say, like, really, really sort of um, jumpstarts the abolition, abolition, abolitionist movement in a sort of public way. Mm. Um, but there are lots of critiques of sentimentality because right. of the way that it. Um, that it figures the object of of sympathy as apart from you, or that mm-hmm. essentially you basically replace the object of of mm. sympathy, right? So, yeah. um, I, I think it's in I think Sadia Hartman's work. She she quotes a person who talks about this in in one of her books. Um, that that what is what does it say about us if the only way that we can want to help someone is if we can see ourselves in that person right right, right? which is like, kind of what you were getting at as well yeah. right right and so i think like that's the sort of way that sentimentality is is problematic mm-hmm. is that it always sort of figures the um, the the object of sympathy over here but then you replace it right right which is doubly problematic if partly be why they're suffering is because of you, right? right. So if you're like replacing yourself into that suffering right. and you're not seeing that you're you get the to, cause you of the suffering. You get to obscure that, right? Yeah. right. Like you don't ever have to think about, right. it's never systemic. It's You don't right. ever have to think about right. the systemic issues which right. are the creation of that. You think like, yeah. oh, so I feel bad for yeah. the mm-hmm. mothers who've lost their mm-hmm. sons and yeah. therefore right. we should do something. But what you, what you, what if, what if your identity is implicated in right. the mm-hmm. reason for that death? Yeah. Right. So I, I wonder if, 
Because Charlotte, I think, goes through a transformation over the course of the play. Maybe that'll help us figure out, like, whether feelings are actually, like, mm. the... Um, the solution she's striving for at the end mm -hmm. or or if it is how it's shifted so um you know like at the the quote that i had about feelings comes very early on in the play um and then one of the things that happens is that you know she uh gets shown the work that Ch charles and virginia have collected right and in particular this very new piece that they've bought which is called um, the an autopsy of a death. It's the one piece of art that's talked about in the book uh, or in the play because there are several pieces of art that are talked about and that are real pieces of art. Mm -hmm. But this is the one piece of art that's actually not really. a real thing. Mm -hmm. Although I do think it's alluding to um, Kenneth Goldsmith is a conceptual poet and in 2015 <laughs> he read um, Michael Brown's autopsy report in the form of a poem and he mm -hmm. got a lot of criticism and pushback mm -hmm. because of that. In the case of the play, so we get an, an anatomy of a death, which is apparently, you know, this art piece that's built off the autopsy report. Right. And, uh, you know, at some point, um, it's a photograph of a diagram. So I'm assuming it's a photograph of the diagram of the yeah. body. Mm -hmm. that, and the, the bullet autopsy. holes. Yeah. Right. And, right. Um, and so Charles says, this autopsy is only about one thing. It gestures towards structural racism. This is on page 57. And Charlotte says, um, but according to you, Charles, the only way to get to Officer Wilson to see mm. structure is through Michael Brown's body. Mm -hmm. um, and when Charles says that body is a portal to the inhumanity, Ooh. she says, we're not mm. going to get anywhere with this kind of this kind of American sentimentality. And that's said under her breath. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's something about seeing that part, that last item in their collection. Um, oh. Where she's understood that it, the only route to feeling they have is in this kind of like um, structure through the dead black body. Yeah. Um, Can I go on to the next? Yeah, page? I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he responds by saying, How That's is this sentimentality? Thing. He heard mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. This piece right. will remind everyone who comes into this house what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. And then Charlotte says, Feeling bad by looking mm -hmm. at black lines and closing a white space doesn't come close to experiencing mm -hmm. the dread of knowing you could be killed for simply being black. And like I have written in the mm -hmm. in the margins, like un beside his statement, that's ridiculous, right? Like besides Charles's statements, yeah, Charles's yeah. statements are ridiculous. Like who needs to be reminded of their their reality of their everyday existence, right? right. So he's well, basically saying it's white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. every white person that comes in here can look mm -hmm. on my walls and see that yeah. what's happening out there, and still drink the best wine, yes, and still have yeah. like yes. enjoy all the sort of uh, wonder wondrous kind of experiences mm -hmm. of privilege and, and luxury yeah. and whatever, right? Was it Dennis Smith's poem where they talk about like this notion of like, like you know, like talking about like black death, but then doing that over brunch? Or there's like some line right. in like one of their poems about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. But I also think about, I mean, one of the things that Black Lives Matter did for a while was to like interrupt brunches, right? right? Like, right. Go right. To, like, so I think it is kind of mm -hmm. this interesting thing about just going going on. Well, um, you, yeah. sent, you sent out this, I don't know, you, you were going to say something. I, I was just going to add really quickly, please, because um, Charlotte on the very next page, page 59, has this moment. She's like, if you think what I'm doing is no different than this, then mm. I fail. And right. it's that, then there's this shift that we don't really full, see the full flowering of until the end right. of the play, right. but where she's realizing her artwork has played, she's complicit in producing this kind of mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. spectacle for whiteness mm -hmm. to understand itself. Right, through. right, mm -hmm. right. And I think, you know, like, 
the, the the art is so important to this play, right? So yeah. I have another thing to say, and I'll probably forget it, but I want to say this because it <laughs> came into my mind after you said that. I mean, the art is so important, and we sh- we shift spaces from scene one to scene two. Scene one takes place in the, the in house. in their mm-hmm. apartment, or I think it's a ritzy apartment or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And um, you and you actually get the the scene begins with actual reproductions of the art that's on the wall mm-hmm. in the apartment, mm-hmm. right? And it is um, <laughs> Rauschenberg. Yeah, Rauschenberg, uh, the white painting. Then there's um, Robert Longo, Untitled. Mm-hmm. Then there is Glenn Lagone, uh, Hands. That's a that's a, a black artist. Mm-hmm. And, and Basquiat. Jean Michel Basquiat, mm-hmm. which is it was another black artist. Um, then when you switch to the second scene takes place in Charlotte's studio, studio. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are also there's also art there. Mm-hmm. Um, also art by not only a black artist, but you you start off with uh, Gilles Perez. Is that how you would say that? Um, it's called Rwanda. Mm. And then um, Jeff Wall Mimic, which is a pretty famous piece. And then Carrie James Marshall. Heirlooms and accessories, which uh, Carrie James Marshall, which is, a, is amazing, yeah, is a bla- is a yeah. black uh, artist, and you've got these. Uh, I'll just describe it. It's like these um, sort of lockets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a triptych with three lockets, and on the lockets are images of white women's faces taken from photographs of lynchings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so it's heirlooms. Heir- what's it called again? Heirlooms. And accessories. And accessories. Yeah, no, I yeah. love. I. It's and, so intense, right? These and it's so small. You might mm-hmm. miss the faces, right. mm-hmm. and then you would just think like, "Oh, what's that?" Yeah, That's I nice. feel like I had to read the explanation because it, right. I couldn't It's really not just see. that they're small; it's that they're not that distinguishable right. from like usual kinds of. What are those small? Um, Faces called on. There's a name for not the derogatives, not those. No, I don't know. On a piece of like. Yeah, like there's that uh, pieces of jewelry with the little faces and in ceramics are a really common thing. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know the name of them, but they're really (laughs) common. And so you could look at this and be like, oh, that's just another one of those, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And instead, like when you know the history and you think about people wearing this, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it 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 sort of brings uh, to the surface that notion of the. The, the mundane as horrible mm-hmm. and terrifying, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Um, lynchings for... Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, lynchings for, of course, for black people are ter- terrible, um, terroristic, uh, horrifying events. Right. For mm-hmm. white people, they're just like a picnic. Yeah. You know, at, of that Arnold. time, of that time, yeah. it's a, it, right. you bring your kids, yep. Yep. Um, everybody comes, we yep. have some food, yep. we kill a black person, we burn their body, and we string them we up. We take photos and send it take, off as postcards. Absolutely, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so this, th- that piece really gets at that. So yeah. I think, like, the, the difference between the pieces of art, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm, I'm not 100% sure I've got my finger on what the difference mm-hmm. is, um, but she's getting at something about that, right? Like, yep. And there's a lot of talk of the of even um, the mimic piece, which is you know where or the the guys the artist um, he's a photographer Jeff Wall, and this notion of how he recreates things that have happened. So this picture might not be an actual photograph of this thing actually happening, and the the photograph is an Asian American man, and then there's a white man walking next to him with a holding hands with a white woman. And they're slightly behind the man, the Asian American man, and the white man is making a gesture to his eye, like pulling it back, you know, like a, um, you know, basically a slur yeah. mm-hmm. against the Asian American man, and it's called mimic. And so, like, this probably, you know, this didn't, this isn't a picture of this happening; it's a recreation. Which, of a like, moment. also Charlotte alludes to, right, with the um, 
Remember that she's talking about the black child. I'm trying to remember. Like well, there that's, was some... that that that's that was her meth her method of photography that right. she would kind right. of recreate. And she actually talks about Walt. she's right. like moving yeah. into this yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, right. yeah. And yeah, so yeah, the yeah. example is the you know of the. Um, the incident where she's with family and this white man is rushing by and knocks down yes. the child yes. and didn't even notice because he yeah. didn't even see her. Yeah. Right? Right. And then yeah. she was going to recreate um, kind of the 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 Charleston uh, shooting uh, yeah. crime scene. Right. Right. Um, that was what she was going to do in the first part. In right? the first yeah. part. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, but I think, well, two of these images, so the, so mimic and then um, heirlooms and accessories get to, and I'm not sure about the Rwanda um, photograph, mm. but get to this point of including white people in the scene. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And right. so, mm. you know, in in one mm-hmm. sense, like if you, especially if you look at Mimic, the tendency has been just to center on the suffering of people of mm-hmm. color, right? right. Mm-hmm. But in mm-hmm. both of these, the center is actually on the people who are doing right. the, uh, the aggression. Right. But I can't... The um, Rwanda photograph, I'm not totally sure. Yeah, which actually reminded me of Kenneth Day Gonzalez's work, right, where he basically takes lynching photos and erases Mm -hmm. the lynched body Mm -hmm. because he talks about how, like, when we see that photograph, that is, like, the most shocking part of the photo, right? right? So Mm -hmm. we tend to, like, focus on that. So that Mm -hmm. he erases those bodies, so then we end up focusing actually on On white people watching and the spectators. And it's, like, this really amazing work that he does. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think um, he has, like, this short video that was, like, a part of the exhibition that he did where he kind of, like, recreates a lynching, but you don't see the body, right? Mm -hmm. You see, like, the white Mm -hmm. folks, and you see them, Mm -hmm. like, chatting casually, Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. see them, Mm -hmm. like, doing that. So I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And what could, it could be something other than a lynching, right? It could be just, like, a carnival right. or, a, yeah. or a picnic. Right, and that right, sort of right. puts yeah. the, the spotlight that. on yeah. it, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of, like, the yeah. piece that um, Charlotte shows uh, Charles when he first comes in, which right. is the picture of the women. Right. And she asks him, well, who, what do you think, who do you think this is? What are they doing? And yeah. he guesses, and he's wrong. And she's like, they're prisoners are in your prison. In your prison, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. And he's like, you probably would, I forget what he guesses that they are. Soccer moms. Soccer, soccer moms. moms, yeah. She says, you probably wouldn't guess soccer moms if they were black, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so she's sort of um, forcing him to confront his mm-hmm. assumptions or even unconscious sort of right. notions of, of race, which is, I mean, there, the, the whole thing um, about the imaginary, right, the racial imaginary is, is super important to mm-hmm. this work, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's this, um, it's the place in, that sort of informs our ideas about other people, our interactions with other people of other races, like, if you sort of just think about how do I immediately respond to someone I meet who is of another race or identity mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. subject position, right? Mm-hmm. Why why do people ask questions of a of a family that is sort of non conventional or non traditional, right? Like mm-hmm. because it looks different from what we expect, right? We have a sort of like heteronormative kind of imaginary mm-hmm. as well, right? And mm-hmm. when we encounter things that challenge that we're confused by it mm-hmm. or we're thrown by it mm-hmm. and we often you know yeah. engage other people in problematic ways because of our um our way of thinking the way that they should be right right i mean i feel like not just like you know we're confronted by like otherness but that otherness for others is dangerous right mm-hmm. like i think it's so i mean i was I'm kind of thinking about this part where and this is in this in the studio as well right where she's trying to talk to charles about how 
like his imagination of blackness is just like Officer Wilson's. Right. And yeah. he's like, what? Right. Mm -hmm. So he's, yeah. and this is Charles, right? And this is 77. And he says, it was horrific, but my imagination of blackness is his are completely different. Mm. All white men don't look alike. And then she says, look, I don't want to think of the officer as a monster or Hulk Hogan or a mm -hmm. demon or whatever. And I don't think that you're a monster. But his obsession with black people mm -hmm. as criminals and yours with black people as victims are cut from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. Neither is human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Charles is like, I just reject that. I'm not someone who's controlled by an imagination I don't understand. Mm. And Charlotte says, Charles, we're all raised. We were all raised wrong. Art is not going to change laws, but it's going to make apparent something we didn't see about how we all grew up. At least that's what I hope for my work. So right. that's a different thing, right, than what yeah. she says mm -hmm. she wants her work to do in the first scene. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, in the first scene, she I think she says, I want to make the invisible visible. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. this is different. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is different. And I feel like he still, like, doesn't get it, right? Because he says, no. but that's oh, what yeah. my foundation's invested in. That's a point exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting that, like, going back to what he thought he was doing, so this is on 20, back to 21, and he says, um, blah, 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 right? So they're talking about the kinds of works he collects, and he says, not all the artists are African-American, but all the works mm. considers the violence against them, mm -hmm. which is so interesting to me, right? So in some ways, it's like, okay, so if you're considering the violence against them, to me, like, it would be obvious that you would consider who's doing the violence, mm -hmm. but apparently not. Well, okay, so in Teju Cole's essay, yeah. he said something that I think is, goes right to that point. Mm -hmm. He says, um, there's an expectation that we talk about sins, but no no one must be identified as a sinner. Mm. Right? Mm. And, and that's what we're talking about here mm -hmm. with Charles. Like, yeah. that's the problem, is Charles wants to have all these uh, images on his walls that reference the violence of, against black people, but doesn't want to see himself as being part implicated in or part right. of that violence, right? right? He yeah. owns, I mean, he owns prisons, right? But, <laughs> like, right. but, 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 but yeah. it's also that it actually mm -hmm. has been made historically difficult, mm -hmm. right? Not just like in psychological terms, but historical terms. So on page um, 31, Charlotte says, you know, she's, and this is about that photo, right? About recreating the photo um, where the cousin's daughter gets knocked over by this middle-aged white guy, right? Mm -hmm. Um and uh, she says at the top of 31, my point is it's difficult to see the violence, the ownership of public space, all of that, right? So she's pointing out that mm -hmm. actually seeing that moment when the white guy knocks over the black girl, mm -hmm. like is actually made really invisible by, you know, it's this kind of like making mm -hmm. the invisible visible mm -hmm. that she's interested in at the moment. Mm -hmm. Virginia's pushback is fascinating though, right? Yeah. So the reenactments depend on your interpretation of the moment. But how much are you creating the moment rather than reflecting it? And Charlotte, I think, is really diplomatic in that moment. <laughs> like, wow, all art's about that. That's Charles. But, oh, Charles. Thank you. Charles is diplomatic, which <laughs> is actually like, you're right. That's like not the same yeah. thing. Um, but, uh, you know, Virginia's response is very much about like still not being willing to understand that public space mm -hmm. is white public space, mm -hmm. right? And that um, <laughs> she's threatened by this being made visible in particular ways. So that when we get to like, you know, this last project that Charlotte has and that she wants to show Charles. Before we get there though, oh, yeah, to, continue on, to continue on kind of with that, yeah. that line of thought, um, your point where you say history makes it difficult yeah. for mm. these folks to, to, to actually see. My immediate thought was 
history in the texts that make history. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the primary sources. And if you continue on two pages, yeah, two okay. pages later, um, one of the reasons why Charlotte wants to recreate the Charleston uh, crime scene is because there are actually no pictures available of that mm. crime scene, mm-hmm. right? And so the actual, mm. the text of history are even not even available to illuminate this actual event. And mm-hmm. so she wants to do that with because her history artwork. is intent on erasing exactly this too mm-hmm. exactly yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. um, and so that's part of what her her project is, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not only so it is that you know when we think about the ways in which history also kind of, or the lack of sources kind of prevents us from fully mm-hmm. understanding the ex- the lives and experiences of black people. Right. Mm-hmm. I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I wonder if this is a moment to like bring up the Charles Charlotte and oh, Virginia, yes. meaning, oh, the meaning of the yes, names yes, and please. thinking about oh, that, yeah. Yeah. which I feel like Todd and, you know, Adriana were like, the names, and right. we were initially like, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. so what's funny is when I, fr- I've read this twice now, and the first mm-hmm. time I read it, like, I was like, yeah, whatever. Right. And this time, you know, because the second time always makes you just like more attentive, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, wait, Charles, Charlotte? These are two versions of the same kind of root, mm-hmm. right? So Charles and Charlotte from the beginning mm-hmm. are being positioned as kind of like- Related. Related mm-hmm. and yeah. intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then, I can't believe I missed this the first time, on page 85, you know, like, uh, Charlotte's talking about her new work, and she says, Charleston, Charlottesville, that's what I know. Our history, the present, what do you mean beyond? Beyond what? And I'm like, what did I miss? Because... Charles is embedded in Charleston right. and Charlotte this in Charlotte. Ah, I didn't get that. And then right. Virginia. And then yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um and so like the the, the they're like basically the, Claudia Rankine is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was today years old. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's interesting. So the next line is like, "Can you even see Charles Spencer?" Right? It's like, mm-hmm. why are you like connecting me to like all these things? Tell mm-hmm. me that you understand that I am not that history. Tell me that you see me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's fascinating is like, like she does see him. She, she does see yeah. him, and she sees herself. And she's saying we're both right yeah. made right yes. by this history. And in fact, you know, earlier, you know, in the part that you quoted, Anita, she's talking about how both of their racial imaginations have been shaped. Yeah. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. not. Like mm-hmm. absenting herself from right. these processes, Absolutely. right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and I, like I think you know, so something about Todd said about like kind of thinking about sentimentality versus structure. I think both of you kind of brought that up. But I was thinking about like I think part of the struggle is to kind of understand our individual selves within structures, and that's always more mm-hmm. difficult if you can't even see the structures. First of all, <laughs> right? So I think like right. that's Absolutely. difficult. Yeah. But I think even if you do see them, like how do you think about accountability and responsibility? in right. relationship to structures, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah. we, Yeah, I mean, I think we struggle with that, right? And yeah. I think to go back to what Crystal was saying about history, I mean, the thing yeah. that I thought, I mean, I'm not a historian, but I mean, I've, I've taught alongside uh, a historian uh, colleague of mine for a few classes. And one of the things that I always sort of think about is um, the way that history could be simply like, I think it's in the, the play The History Boys where one of the characters says, like, history is just one thing after another or something like that, right? <laughs> and one so date the, after another. Right, so the way that history could just be, like, um, a, a, a litany or a taxonomy of right. dates and yeah. and events and things that happen, 
Um, but in, in that would make it difficult for us to see the relationships between those things and our relationships to those things mm-hmm. and our implication mm-hmm. in those things mm-hmm. and perhaps yeah. our responsibility for those things or the way that the privileges that come from those things yeah. pass down through history to us, us. right? Yeah. And um, I mean, it's 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 hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're taught about these things in the way that we're taught about them. Yeah, I mean, right. I remember being in a class um I don't even remember what the class was, but uh, it's probably ethnography or something like that. <laughs> and and, a, and my professor said, um, it, when you go to another country to do ethnography, you will never not be an American. And everything that comes from America, everything mm-hmm. that America has done, every um, reality of American history and culture, et cetera, people will associate that with you, and rightfully so, because mm-hmm. you are... American, right? Mm-hmm. And like, well, the have, fact that you can be in another place, is right? Probably the privilege of like being absolutely American. right. So yeah. you can you this whole notion, you know, that that lots of ethnographers had about going native, yeah. which is ridiculous, and this idea that you can go somewhere else and sort of blend in or whatever. Um, you carry that history mm-hmm. with you all the mm-hmm. time, and it's and it's often other people who see it more than you see it yourself, mm-hmm. and it's made invisible to us. I mean, it's ideological, I suppose, yeah. in that way, right? Um, so to get at that, I think this is like almost towards the end, eighty six, eighty seven, and right. So she, he, Charles actually comes back, I think, to like the whole discussion that like Virginia they had about this, right? So and he says, but the feeling is the feeling of a gap. And Charlotte says, the gap Charles has caused because you refuse Mm. the role that you actually play. Mm -hmm. And Charles, I don't need you to show me me, Charlotte. Me, me, me. You don't need me to show you anything. That's probably the first honest thing you've said, Mm. Charles. Fuck you, Charlotte. Charlotte, I'm already fucked. You know, I have to admit, I thought you were different from all the others. But in the end, for you, I'm just this annoyance that won't conform to your good works. Um, so I think it is like this interesting to kind of think about. It's like how, right? Like it's like really galling though, right? As like this American going into wherever to be like, wait, but I'm not just American. I'm this like good American, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. I'm the American who knows the history. I'm the American mm-hmm. who knows that baggage. Mm-hmm. But it's like knowing that baggage doesn't mean you get rid of that baggage, nope. right? And I think that's like nope. a really difficult thing to like. You got to carry it, right? And, you got to carry yeah. it. That's and this, a hard the thing. The staging yeah. is intense at the end. Like yeah. I wish we could actually see, see it. This. So yeah. on page 88, Charles is back to kind of like, you know, what is skin? kind of this colorblind kind of rhetoric. Mm-hmm. I've heard dust is mostly skin touching the table. Is this my skin, yours? And he's kind of claiming that like they're the same. They're absolutely the same. We're shedding skin all the time, he says. Thousands of cells a minute, but it renews itself. I've never actually looked at my skin. Mm. How many cells is it? How porous? Where is it darkest? And he begins to unbutton his shirt. And um, he has this moment, though, where he has this like kind of epiphany right mm-hmm. there in the middle. All my skin is holding me together. Good Lord, all this skin shields me. It protects me from from being you. Mm. It's like the badge of the police. He removes his shirt and turns his back to her. I'm ready. Charlotte, you can shoot me now. And he stands there with his back to her and arms at his side. And she's got a camera, Mm -hmm. right? So he means shoot a picture right. Mm-hmm. right but of course in talking about there's the devil yeah. right the mm-hmm. police uh brutality and violence mm-hmm. like he is vulnerable mm-hmm. um to her at that moment mm-hmm. in this moment when he's most vulnerable and seems most like willing to to admit his skin has power she's actually tied her smock around her waist and taking off her shoes steps onto a crate binding her hands with his scarf she stares at Charles's back. When he turns around, his horror and confusion are apparent. There is the click and flash of a camera. 
And I was curious it's not, about it's not her camera. No, it's, I think it's yeah. But no, it's that, I thought it was like set up maybe. That was but isn't it that way. isn't it that thing? It's that it's that reproduction of yeah. that moment, right? Right. Ah, uh, right? yes. Yeah, and then like before that, you know, mm. she's told him that. She's basically revealed to him that she's been taking pictures, pictures of, of him, him. Right. Um, secretly, mm-hmm. like following him right. places. To like t- gar- um, art openings. Right, mm-hmm. to art openings mm-hmm. and taking mm-hmm. pictures of him. And he's like livid about it, right? right. And so yeah. at, at this moment, I think you get what what does he think it means yes. to make himself vulnerable yes. to her? Yes. Right. And what does she yes. think it means? Yes. What does she think he's doing? And then yeah. what are we actually seeing See, when the yeah. camera right. takes yeah. that Yeah, which picture. I think is so interesting that you're like, he's made himself vulnerable. And like, to be white and to be vulnerable is to have like a black person maybe see you honestly. Right. right? And for a right. black person mm-hmm. to be vulnerable is that you're going to be dead. Or you to recognize, right? like yeah. for a white person like, to recognize oh, that a black yeah. person could see them honestly. Yeah. Right? Like, I think she's been telling him, I see you. Right. And he's been like, no, you haven't. You've right. been stalking me. Right. You know, this is unfair. You can't right. look at me like that, right? right. Um, so it's the admission or the, the recognition that we do see you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. There's Yeah, I just feel like it's just like so interesting. It's like so unequal, right? And like the right. vulnerabilities yeah. that like he faces versus like she faces. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess in some sense I... I so I, I wanted to, and you you talked about this before we started recording, I mean, I want to sort of ask the question about this character mm. of Charles. Charles. And, you know, keeping in mind this ending, and uh, I'm not sure we've, we've sort of totally resolved how we're going to read that ending. Yeah. No. But, no. I mean, what about this character as a sort of... Um, uh, like Archetype? A, yeah, or a caricature? Well, okay. A caricature? Yeah. A, I mean, is that that's a criticism that's been made? Well, so I um, got to talk to Claudia Rankine about the book. You what? Special. <laughs> and you all know that because I posted the picture oh, there yeah, where she did. Anyway, so I asked her about, um, <laughs> just I was curious about like how white folks, like white readers had like responded to the book. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things that she said was like basically because Charles seems like a caricature, right? Because he's like this extra like liberal slash evil guy right because like he actually owns like prisons and like that's not necessarily true of like all white you know like white men right so she said that it's like easy so. for <laughs> but i mean we all think they have a stake like, invested yeah. through their four that's true that's, that's true yeah, which, exactly. which maybe we all are right? oh my god we're but basically she said it's like easy for people to like distance themselves from their like from the two characters because they seem like they're sort of extremes, mm-hmm. right? Which is like exactly what she's sort of like trying yeah. to get at, which is like right. so interesting to me, right? I'm like, okay, so basically they've like missed the point yet again, right? <laughs> yet again. Well, is so. it a, so? Do you think that you. is that a function of people's sort of um, unwillingness to be to sort of honestly engage the work, or is it a function of the work itself? Is it a function oh, of like mm. the genre? I mean, like I think there's huh. something about it being a play that you have to do things to, you know, like you have to create spectacle and you have to create drama mm-hmm. on the stage and that yeah. you might have to do things that it would be really, it would be more difficult to do in a short story or something like right. that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if, you know, to create that. Cause I have to be honest, like I, on one hand, I love this play. I think it engages. Well, I mean, I love Claudia Rankin. I love, you know, citizen, 
I've, I think I have like a similar relationship to Citizen that a lot of people have where you first read it and you're like, what's going on here? And then like the more you just let it steep, you know, the more you, you go back and read it again and again, it just opens itself up and gives you more and mm-hmm. more and more and more and more. And then you're like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Oh my God. Right. And you just every time. The, the first time I read the play, I got about halfway into it and I was like, what is this? Like, this is so, I thought it was cheesy. I thought it was like mm. too talky and everything huh. was being said. Okay. As opposed to oh, right, like it was yeah. tell, don't show. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that was that was only about a quarter of the way into it, and then it started to change for me. And I was like, okay, because I guess I'm just used to like some of my favorite playwrights are like Adrian Kennedy and Amelia mm-hmm. Baraka and people like mm-hmm. that who mm-hmm. do crazy shit on the stage, right? <laughs> yeah. like who throw bombs at the audience, you know. And um, but this does that too. It just does it in a different way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and in, yeah. And interestingly, I was like, I wonder if Citizen actually does a better job of getting at that everydayness of like these experiences, as opposed to these like. I mean, like this is a very particular yeah. kind of scenario, right? It's like this artist with these like rich right. white people, like you know, sort of like hanging this thing. I don't know. So I feel I, like maybe Citizenship because it's like her talking about these like everyday moments that happen to her. Yeah, it's just like, like, I, don't I don't disagree with y'all, but Citizen is a different project. Yeah. Right. Citizen is very yeah. much about like the black female body moving through the world yeah. and encountering these microaggressions, right? And then kind of like blowing up from there into like considering the black female body in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And through Serena especially. So mm-hmm. it's really great that this starts right. with right. Serena. Right. I feel right. like that's a right. shout back right. to yeah. like Citizen. Right. But this is actually trying to put, the way I would put it is trying to put the white family at the center deliberately mm-hmm. to kind of watch it like reproduce itself and mm-hmm. like in these ways that we might not notice mm-hmm. if we didn't have it kind of like sitting there at the center and there's a kind yeah. of like um what's the word i want like uh it it's it feels artistic in the sense of it doesn't feel realistic like this doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a, a play that's realist um it just mm-hmm. it feels allegorical in some mm-hmm. ways like Hmm. You know, everything does have a kind of meaning uh, in the way, like I, Virginia is mm-hmm. such the, <laughs> right, like m- like microaggressive white woman mm-hmm. who thinks she's being like right. nice. Yeah. Right, right, um, right. Well, maybe, the, okay, I have, I have two things. So you, maybe the, go ahead. Are you going to respond to the interest, I mean, to the, uh, the, um, the, I wanted to respond to, uh, people saying this was exaggerated. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's the point I want to respond to. Um, and this was extreme, right? And yeah. It looks like a caricature. Caricature, like, right. Yeah. And, I, and I was just, that made me think of, um, I just found an interesting connection that typically when we think of or like we're thinking about race and racism, we usually people say, well, I'm not, I'm not wearing a white robe mm-hmm, or I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not the KKK and so plays so we have these extreme examples mm-hmm. of racism mm-hmm. and people don't see like the everyday microaggression mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. people are critiquing that now she's trying to yeah. kind of draw yeah. what, or, or they don't they're, they're un, un, unable to see themselves in yeah. this representation of race and racism right. Right. um right. and i just found that well and i really think i think there i think that there might be a valid criticism in that these characters aren't sort of typical white people. 
I mean, there are specific because of class privilege. right. There are specific kind because yeah. of the whole art mm-hmm. thing, which like there's there's yeah. all this stuff that's really important to the play that can kind of only be gotten at through these particular characters. I mean, all the stuff about how mm. Charles is collecting dead bodies, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like he says once that his stable of artists, you know, which is like references almost like pimps and hoes, almost mm-hmm. like it, yeah. or horses or you know these mm. sort of things that you collect, right? Um, and so, I mean, I think. I, I think what it's I wanted Virginia to. It's Virginia who says that. I'm too. sorry. So it's yeah, she said that about him, right? But he. So maybe they're they're these really specific characters, and so they might seem to people. It might be easier for people to say, "Well, no, that's not me." But right. she's saying like that is right. that which is I, you, yeah. right? Which is, maybe then I agree with you, right? Because I feel like in some ways this play is about people like Charles who can afford to go see plays, right? Yeah. So it's kind of right. it is actually like this particular. Yeah. Well, that's just one way of getting at yeah. it. I mean, there's other ways of getting of. of what about the 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 uh, white teenager who loves to listen to, to hip hop yeah. and mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and loves to mm-hmm. like loves trap music and mm-hmm. loves to you know like that's there there right. are many of iterations yeah. of this. Okay. This just, just happens to be one. one. Okay. And it's easy for someone yeah. to say, well, that's not me. But there's all these other different versions right. of it. Right. And it it merely means doesn't mean that these people are bad. It merely means that. She's asking them to consider this and to examine themselves. Mm-hmm. But they're not, right? Like, I think they're that's, not, like, what yeah. to me is, like, interesting about what she said about how people reading this or seeing the play have reacted. It's like, but they're still not. Right, right. Well, and that's yeah. whiteness, right? Like, that's yeah. whiteness. Yeah. And, it's, and I just want to say, well, I know we're getting short on time, but I just yeah. want to uh, put one more thing on the table, which is that you said, I think, Adriana, that you were seeing Charlotte as a sort of stand-in for Claudia mm-hmm. Rankin. And I wonder if we could see... Um, citizen as sort of like Charlotte in scene one, like Charlotte's work in scene mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and this play as Charlotte's work in scene two, right? So if Claudia, and actually, it's apparently going to be a, like there's going to be a, another play. So oh, it's really? Like a trilogy ish. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is like, is Charlotte uh, Charlotte's idea of her work in scene one the same thing mm-hmm. that what Claudia did in Citizen, right? Was mm-hmm. to make the unseen scene, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. it's a bunch of vignettes yep. or sort of these yep. short yep. prose poems like not that make the unseen scene. Right. And everyone was like, Yay mm-hmm. and then she was like, Well wait, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then so she says like let let me do this this second Let me turn scene. the camera mm-hmm. to you. Let me turn the camera to you right. and mm-hmm. do that different. So that's the same yeah. trans transition yeah, that, that um that Charlotte but makes Charlotte makes. I totally agree. Um, and maybe that is a good place to end with lots of no. questions unanswered. No. Yeah. But if you're going to be in the cities, Penumbra is going to be doing production of this in the fall. So maybe we, at least those of us, will be here can do a sequel oh. and fill uh, <laughs> they're going to be happening in DC oh is it the fall or the spring it's in the fall, it's in the fall. oh okay. I think it's in nope. the fall I think it's in the spring oh it's in the spring you I can come back visit us okay okay yes, yes, alright so, so we're going to go around and do our usual <laughs> <laughs> um, of like what we're reading seeing listening to whatever people want to chat about do you want to start us off Adriana we have just finished the Carlton term it was so long. Um, and so most of the time I've been grading uh, this week. Uh, but but I did make time to binge watch uh, Netflix's Tales of the City, which is this beautiful kind of sequel to the Armistead Mop. 
Mopan. 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 I, I don't know how Mopan. to pronounce it. Um, you know, so like he had a number of novels that were then made into TV series um, about life in San Francisco and the queer community. And this is kind of the latest installment. It's set in contemporary San Francisco. And it's just, it's written by all queer writers mm. and it's got queer editors. And you can tell, you can tell in the kind of thoughtfulness and care and like, uh, like the community diversity in all of its and kind of like its contentiousness, like that no n people are not agreeing on all the same things. Like, wow, who knew it? Queerness <laughs> contains multitudes. Um, so what? I totally recommend it. <laughs> Even queerness within San Francisco. <laughs> Crystal? I, I don't have any one thing I'm reading, but um, I have recently ordered uh, several books about how to be a museum curator. <laughs> apparently that's my job. <laughs> And I know how to be a researcher, but actually mm -hmm. kind of the ethics and the logistics um, of kind of collecting objects and cur uh, curating exhibits, I do need to learn about. Mm -hmm. And so I have a kind of collection of books that were recommended to me, including one that's called Museum Administration 2.0. Oh sounds that's like so great. Riveting. Riveting. <laughs> so This is going to be like, draw yourself a bath. <laughs> Candles out, right. cup of tea. Maybe I'll get the audio version. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sure that exists. It's probably read by some famous audiobook person, too. The same guy who does the Harry Potter books. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Now, that actually. would, I would yeah, listen I to like, that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so that's what. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I, I'm afraid that I said I was reading this last time we did a show, and I just haven't read it yet. <laughs> So I'm going to say two things. So, um, which because I'm always reading nine books at a time, but I I have no wonder I'm, you haven't finished. I know. I, I'm sure I've mentioned um, uh, Blanche on the Lamb, which is a book that I really yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm reading the second book in that series, uh, which is called Blanche Among the Talented Tenth, and it's really mm. good so far. And I'm also reading um, Adriana. I think last time I don't know if it was on the on the show or before the show, but you mentioned. Um, uh, the anti-sonnet, and so I was reading Terrence, oh, yeah. Terrence, Terrence Hayes' collection. Work, yeah. yeah, it's American sonnets for my past and future assassin. Yeah, um, which is really, really amazing. And if I could say one more thing, mm -hmm. yes, she, she, uh, Anita really doesn't <laughs> love when I go over time. I just want to give a shout out to a friend of the show and my colleague Heather Shirey, mm. um, who is an art history professor at the University of St. Thomas, who I just recently went to um, France with on a trip. With, uh, photos uh, were nice. Yes. Oh, yes. We, I was I jealous. A lot, of, a lot of photos. And she took me to a show, well, us, to a show um, at the Musée, Musée d'Orsay, I think is how you yeah. say it. Um, mm -hmm. That had Glenn Legon, had a oh, piece by Glenn oh, Legon there. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know about him. And she was like, oh my God, you got to see this. Oh, so yeah, I just right. want to give a shout out to Heather for introducing Yay. me to the artist who was also mentioned in this book, awesome. plays a pretty right. role. So that, was, that was relevant, so I'll allow it. So. Yes. <laughs> Not going to get in trouble. Um, I'm reading Alice Siebel's novel, The Almost Moon, right now. And it's about a woman who, and you'll kind of find this out, like, first line in the book, she ends up killing her mom and the novel takes place over the course of a day. Uh, like Can I ask you a question like, really yeah. quickly? Is this the same person who wrote These the Lovely, lovely bones? bones? The Lovely Bones, the lovely yes, bones. yes. So okay. this is her second novel and The Lovely Bones was her first. Okay. Um, so there's like lots of flashbacks to like the child, her childhood and things like that in the book, but it's like really over the course of a day huh. and like her trying to make sense of and like maybe trying to like justify why she like murders her mom. And um, I feel like that's like one of the few books by um, a white author that I'm reading, but it's really good and I recommend it. I love the lovely bones. But it's like pretty bones. tough. And so, I mean, so was a lovely bones actually. Yeah. So 
All right. I think that's it. And so the next book we're going to be doing is a like a brand new book. And I think really timely and relevant to lots of stuff happening these days. And it's called Where We Are From by Oscar Casares. Okay. Adriana's like coaching men how to say that. <laughs> so I want to make sure. Um, and yeah. And so that'll be out, I don't know, a month or so. And so come check us out then. And as always, we're on all the things, uh, Spotify, other things. Uh, uh, iTunes. 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 Stitcher. Stitcher. Bobbing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gonna be the, so iTunes is going to cease to exist, right? So we're going to be on. <gasps> yes, I have so many questions about that. Yeah. We're just going to be on the on Apple Podcast. On Apple Podcast. Yeah. yeah. They're just okay, splitting so it up. We'll totally disappear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check us out. And please let us know what you think and, you know, what you um, hopefully reading some of these things along with us so if you have things that you disagree with us on or agree with us on (laughs) much more possible there so all right thanks y'all thank you Bye. bye you've been listening to another brand new episode of the drip recorded at my house in beautiful saint paul minnesota the drip is written produced and directed by the all spoilers collective which is anita adriana crystal and myself our mascot is bash the dog And our music is by Lord Jordan X out of Kansas City, Missouri. We'll be back in late June with a brand new episode on the new novel, Where We Come From by Oscar Casares. Until then, enjoy your summer.